Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date is July 25th, 2018. Back with a special guest, Sean Sadowski from, he was from Lakeshore, uh, but you graduated from what high school, Sean? I actually, I did end up graduating from uh, Lakeshore. I Excellent. came back after okay. uh, my senior year. I spent in Erie, Pennsylvania at McDowell High School, it was called. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And what year was this that you graduated? 2008. Fantastic. Good. Sean, um, did we ever work together in a class, business law or something? I do not believe we did. Okay. Um, but I know you're good friends with Matt Hafner. Yeah. Yes, and you're good friends with a lot of other kids that you went to school in the Lakeshore District because that's where you grew up. Absolutely. Um, and you still keep in touch with them, yep. which is great. Um, but we're talking to Sean today. Uh, Sean and I talked a while back uh, on my old podcast, just when I had it on my website and just shared the link with some people. And I was real interested in uh, hearing more of Sean's story so that um, he could probably share a few tidbits of information, not just about hockey, because Sean is a hockey player, um, but just about life and just decisions and choices and how fast time's going by and a whole slew of things. So, Sean, why don't you give our uh, listeners a little brief intro, you know, where you grew up, even though I already told everybody where you just grew up, uh, but just some details on your upbringing and, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, uh, like you said, I went to, to Lakeshore High School. I grew up in St. Clair Shores, uh, Michigan, so that's where I spent the, I mean, pretty much my whole childhood all the way up until uh, 16 uh, before I shipped off for hockey. And uh, at, you know, 17, I started playing in the Ontario Hockey League, it was called, and uh, lived in Erie, Pennsylvania for four years. And Happened to be actually where my mom is from, so I had my mom's side of the family there, which was nice, and uh, my dad actually played semi-pro hockey there. That's where he met my mom, so I spent some time there, and uh, for the past uh, six, seven years now, I've been playing uh, professional hockey, and uh, you know, I've been in a few states. I've been lived in New York, lived in Texas, Indiana, and you know, traveled to pretty much every other state you could imagine, and all throughout Canada, so it's uh, been a pretty fun ride. That's fantastic. Yeah. So obviously, a passion. Yeah, for yeah. you for you to leave because I, I look back at um, when I was growing up when I was your age, I no there's no way as far as I guess I didn't have that that thing that was pushing me to even think about leaving home. I mean, it's one thing to leave home when you graduate high school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of expected sometimes going to college or doing a job or something. But you know, right in middle of high school, beginning of high school, you you decide to take off. Was it something that you knew you had to do? Was there no other options of of kind of the direction you wanted to? Go? do by staying in the Detroit area? Because Detroit's a hotbed for for hockey, isn't it, as far as like Windsor and... Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Michigan, probably other than Canada, I mean, when, when it comes to the U.S., I think there's only a few places, and I'd, I'd really say, being unbiased, that Michigan would be the top uh, hotbed for hockey players, um, you know, being so close to Canada, we're in so many tournaments up there playing against all the, the best teams, and it really creates a good rivalry uh, between Michigan and the Ontario, kind of, so we all see the good hockey, and I think there's a big passion just from, uh, you know, especially my generation, the Red Wings were so good for so long, and uh, growing up around this area, you couldn't help to be a Red Wings fan, and all that success, I mean, it, it made it look so much fun back then when they had all the great teams, and, uh, you know, all the success they had, everyone wanted to play hockey, and Unfortunately, it's uh, you know too expensive of a sport for everyone to do it. Um, you got to be pretty blessed for your parents to make that commitment, mm-hmm. which I fortunately was. Um, but yeah, for that that time, um, you know, it's kind of you grow up in this area playing hockey, and uh, there's no reason you know when you're you know age from when you start all the way up till 14, 15. There's no reason to leave Detroit because the competition is you know some of the best in the U.S. And you actually see a lot of kids move to Michigan. They're parents either you know send their kids to live with a family or their parents even move to michigan for their kids to be able to play a high level hockey so seeing a lot of kids like that um you know my last year playing travel hockey in detroit we actually had four kids from alaska on my team 
Um, so their parents, you know, sent them all down here so they could play, uh, you know, high level, and they all went to play uh, Division One college hockey somewhere, which they might not have got the opportunity, uh, you know, had they stayed in Alaska. So, um, yeah, so I stayed around here until, you know, like I said, 16, and um, after that, you know, you, you get drafted into what's called juniors, and okay. uh, for hockey, that's just pretty much your prelim going into college or to pro. Um, so it's it's a long story, uh, you know, kind of hard for people to understand if you don't know hockey. But uh, it's unlike other sports where you know college is the main destination out of mm. high school, and it's really the only route. But um, you know, for hockey, there's called major junior, which I went to, uh, which is pretty much a Canadian option. You know, you, you get paid, so technically you, you give up give up your college eligibility. Gotcha. Um, but you know, for hockey, that seems to be you know all the top players play in the Ontario Hockey League. It's called and. You know, I grew up with a team in Windsor. My dad took me to all those games. There's a team in Plymouth, actually, Plymouth, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I grew up actually seeing a lot more of the OHL than I did of college. Um, so I was actually verbally committed to Miami of Ohio um, to go play ho college hockey at first. Um, but then I got drafted by the Erie Otters of the OHL, which is in Pennsylvania, like I said. It's where my mom's from. Um, so I ended up deciding to do that just because I, I loved the hockey. I knew it was high level of hockey. And um you know, fortunate enough for me, I didn't have to go live with a billet family. I got to live with my aunt and uncle um, and had all my mom's family there. So I had a lot of support and made it a lot easier. Very cool. Yeah. If it was something different, if you did get drafted someplace where there was no family connection, uh, was that one of the major factors in why you decided to forego Miami of Ohio and, and do that because you had family kind of there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for I think that's what you know, Canadians usually decide to do is the OHL because it's like I said, it's a Canadian-based league. Um, you know, it's pretty much... With that league, um, you know, you get actually a full ride to any Canadian school after mm. hockey that you want, you know, um, if you play in the Ontario Hockey League. So for Canadians, they're kind of protected that way to know if, you know, if they don't make it in hockey, you know, by the time they're 21, well, then they say, okay, I'm going to school and you can play hockey there um, and play at university and, you know, get a full ride scholarship and all that. Um, so as an American hockey player, usually everyone's pushed towards college hockey, Um I don't know why, but that's just the way it is, is, you know, that's growing up American. It's always college, college, college. So that's always what I had, you know, growing up in my mind. I wanted to play for, uh, you know, University of Michigan, which, mm -hmm. you know, I could have possibly done too as well. But uh, at the time um, when I was being recruited, Miami was uh, getting a new rink. They had a really good team. I knew players on the team. So um, after I did my visit there, I verbally committed there. Like I said, I think I was 15 or 16 when oh I did that. God. Um, so that's what I always planned to do. But then, yeah, I got drafted by, uh, by Erie and, um, I think having all my family there and, um, just growing up with the, the passion for the OHL, I think that made my decision a lot easier. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now you talk about your parents and the sacrifice, mm -hmm. um, of helping you with hockey. Cause yes, I definitely know, um, you know, ice time is definitely expensive. There's early morning, late night practices because that's when the ice is available sometimes, yeah. uh, what does it mean to you? And is it something that, um, are you, are you giving back? Are you repaying them? Are you, is this something that just seems to me such a great foundation yeah. that it obviously has changed your life? I mean, yeah. all, all parents, we sacrifice for our kids, yep. but then there's some other levels like what your parents did. Yeah. I just find it just truly amazing. I just, I just like to hear you describe the impact that that really had on you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, forever in debt to them. I mean, there's nothing I could do to, to pay them back for their time and sacrifice that, uh, you know, they, they gave me my dream pretty much. Um, you know, they knew my passion for hockey. Um, you know, my dad played professional hockey too. So, 
Um, you know, I grew up with that passion with, from him watching TV with him. We were always watching hockey. And I think I, I knew the Canadian national anthem before I knew the American <laughs> because back then, you know, Channel 9 was Channel CBC. Nine. That's and right. Watch all the Canadian games all the time. Uh, so I was always doing that with him. And uh, so we grew up uh, watching that. And um, my mom actually played hockey, you know, just, um, you know, after school and stuff. She was a great softball player back in the day. But then mm. she got into hockey uh, after she met my dad and played even a little bit, too. So. I had a solid hockey foundation, um, so there's a passion in the whole family. So we all enjoyed it, which made it a lot easier, I'm sure, for them. Um, but you know, just the amount of sacrifice uh, they, um, you know, put in for me was just incredible. I mean, my mom, you know, she was uh, always, you know, paying for all my equipment, paying for the ice time, doing all that, and then you know, dad was working till six o'clock at night, and then would rush back to pick me up and take me, you know, a half hour out of the way to practice, and then he was mm-hmm. even my coach, so he'd be to practice with me and take me all the way back home. And then he would finally go to bed at 10 o'clock at night just to wake up and do it all again the next day. So, okay. um, you know, both my parents said, you know, days where they're up at 6 a.m. and they didn't go to bed till 11 o'clock at night just to do it, you know, five days out of the week. That's so, amazing. yeah, that type of commitment is just something that, you know, it kind of instilled the hard work ethic in me just to go, you know, if they could do that without getting to enjoy the sport um, and just, you know, having to watch it and, you know, it's making it even more stressful for them. I go, you know, I, uh, that's something I'll forever be grateful for because now I'm still playing and playing for a living. That's amazing. So it's definitely formed you and shaped you and you have that, like you said, the work ethic inside you. And obviously, from what I see, it's not just going to be for hockey because whenever your hockey playing days are over, mm-hmm. whatever you get into, you're taking that with you. Which I just find it amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, you know, I still don't know exactly what I want to do after hockey, but I think that's I'll always be competitive because of it, and um, you know, I always want to be the best at whatever I do end up doing because it's just that's how I've been molded. Is you know, you you want to succeed at whatever you do, and like we were talking off air, that losing is not very fun. So. Yeah. Um, whatever I want to do, I do want to be successful, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you know I'll at least try to do that. Um, whatever awesome. I get into, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So your family, def- is there? You have brothers and sisters? I do. I have one brother. Okay, one younger brother. Hockey at all with him? Yeah, he was. Uh, he played a little bit growing up. He's actually adopted. He's uh, we adopted him when he was seven from Columbia. So oh he actually, uh, obviously, Columbia is not too big of a hockey market. Correct. So, um, Correct. I don't think he played a, a lick at all before he came over to the U.S. But. Uh, when he got here, he obviously he was at a lot of those practices with me when I was younger and always had to come around with the parents, you know, being away from the house when he was so young. So he got to watch me and he got to love it himself. So he didn't start playing until he was a little older, probably 11 or 12. He, he got into it a little bit and started skating and then ended up actually uh, liking goalie because uh, I would take him in the backyard and, you know, fire balls and tennis balls at him and stuff like that. And I don't know how he ended up liking it because, I, you know, I'd hit him square in the chest with one and... He'd end up crying, and the day would be over, but he'd be right back in net the next day for me, and he still loved it. So he ended up liking goalie, and I think he played for probably, I'd say, like five, six years. And, oh uh, yeah, now he's, he's not playing anymore, but he's uh, you know got a full-time job and okay. still likes to play for fun, though. Good. Yeah. What's your brother's name? His name is Miguel. Miguel. Yeah. Big shout-out to Miguel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, growing up, uh, I grew up in Northville, so the Plymouth Whalers, I remember. Yep. And, the, and was it the Windsors, Spitfires? Spitfires yep. yep. Um, but my friend Scott Warden, who lived across the street, big hockey family, him and my other friend Paul McKelvey. And I remember going to games with their families and stuff because I wasn't a hockey player. I played soccer and basketball and some other things. Mm-hmm. But they built a rink in, in Scott's backyard. His dad, big-time hockey player. I think he I think he played at Miami of Ohio. I would right. have to check. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always remember being all-time goalie. Yep. You know, I wouldn't even put my skates on. I just got my boots. And, again, they just pepper the crap out of me yep. as far as the, the pucks and everything <laughs> but we had a ball on those cold winter days and nights yeah. and 
Uh, they had these floodlights on the rink and everything. It was it was really cool. So a lot of great memories, I would imagine, yeah, which is absolutely. awesome to hear. Uh, you have the core group of friends that you kept in touch with. Mm-hmm. And growing up, did they see in you uh, this this path? Were they uh, supportive? Um, did they sacrifice too? Because it, you know, when you're in high school, there's a lot of things you want to do. Yeah. Whether it's girls involved, jobs, mm-hmm. a lot of different sports, going out. Yeah. Um, obviously, with what you were doing with hockey, you probably didn't have a lot of other time. Mm-hmm. So the little time you did have with friends, I would imagine, you know, were they upset that you couldn't go out and do things with them, or were they supportive and really behind you? Yeah, no, that uh, that's why I think I keep in touch with the the friends I do. You know, I think there's a a core group of like four or five guys mm-hmm. that I've always kept in touch with, you know, Matt being one of them. And then, uh, you know, guys like Sam Giordano and oh God, Brandon yeah. Lesher and, oh. um, you know, Mike Perry is uh, probably yes. the biggest supporter, but those guys, uh, yes. you know, they've always been, you know, some of my best friends and still are to this day. And that's one of the main reasons why is because, you know, they uh, not only supported me, but, you know, kind of pushed me, guide me in the right direction. And they completely understood. I obviously had to, you know, miss a lot of things for, for hockey and they knew it was for the right reasons. And, um, you know, I ended up, you know, signing my NHL contract, um, you know, when I was 21. And I mm. think those guys were more excited than half my family because, you know, they, <laughs> they knew that's what I was going for the whole time. So um, even these guys, you know, every year I've been away for hockey, um, you know, mostly every year, some of those guys have came to games, came to every city that I've been in. You know, I think Mike Perry's been to, you know, more games than half my family has. Wow. Um, you know, they always follow along, you know, people send me, you know, Snapchats of them watching my game or, stuff like that so it's awesome you know i had sam came all the way down to dallas when i lived down there in dallas to you know come hang out so um just the amount of support i've got from everyone around me has just been phenomenal that's fantastic and that's got to be part of your foundation too on uh the hard work and and not giving up was has there ever been a time sean that you thought about checking it in and just saying man this this isn't working or it's getting i'm not getting where i want to go is there something else out there for me or have you always just stuck with it without any question yeah it's always you know for me i i don't think the thoughts ever seriously crossed my mind of giving it up not yet at least i mean i still feel pretty young well i mean my body doesn't feel young anymore but (laughs) mentally mentally i do and you know i'm only 27 i'll be 28 soon but um, you know i still feel i have a good amount of time left in me and uh you know i've had enough success in my career that it's still kept me motivated to keep playing and i mean other outside of the success i think i just enjoy it and mm. like you said even if you're not getting rich off it i mean if it's something you enjoy to do I, you can't beat it so Absolutely. um you know the day that i don't enjoy it or the day my body gives up would be the day that i quit and i don't see myself ever not enjoying playing the sport of hockey because it is a kid's game and it's just unbelievable being a big kid I exactly yeah. uh we were talking right before uh, just to let the audience know that um I was meeting uh, a former teacher, uh, Mr. Coons, for lunch, and, and Sean remembers Mr. K really well. And uh, I was watching the clock. I had to get over here for uh, the interview. He was working out. And so, he, you know, here it is, middle of July, and a lot of times, oh, it's off-season, but how many days a week do you work out? I mean, obviously, it's, it's a big deal that if you don't do it, Man, you ain't, you ain't going anywhere. So, I mean, this is a big deal of you working out. So, how many days a week are you doing that? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it used to be a lot. It used to be, you know, like five five days a week. Usually get the weekends off and you're skating, you know, three days a week usually too. But now that I'm getting a little older, I've had a, a couple injuries. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think the older you get, obviously, uh, your body doesn't do things the way it used to. Correct. Um, so, now I still I still work out four days a week and usually skate two, three days a week. So, um, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something you definitely need to do. I mean, it's not fun. The off-season gets, you know, you're supposed to enjoy having the summers off, which I still do, but, um, you know, the mornings are usually hard work, and you got to get up and do it still, even when you're 
your body's aching or you're just tired and don't feel like doing it. Um, because, you know, I've seen guys who've, you know, tried to get away with, you know, having a fun summer and then they come back out of shape and they're out of a job. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people regret some decisions they made. And, um, you know, after watching that, you know, I, I have wanted to, you know, have some fun summers and, you know, not take the gym too seriously, but I've kept those in mind that, you know, okay, well, I've seen a couple of people regret the decisions they've made by not being able to play hockey or not at the level they want to. And I just, you know, decided I didn't want to have that regret because that's mm-hmm. been one of the things my parents have always preached is that, you know, you don't want to grow up and live with regrets. And, um, oh, you know, it's kind of impossible to not have one or two, but I didn't want, sure. you know, not being able to keep my dream alive. is uh, one of them. That's amazing. It's one of those things I, I try and get my students to understand. I try to understand myself. Mm-hmm. Regrets weigh tons, discipline weighs ounces. Absolutely. So the time that you got to get up in the morning, mm-hmm. it might seem like a big deal getting out of bed and getting going where you're going. And plus, I think as you get older, you work you work out smarter, don't you? It's not... Yeah. Yeah. So you, you maximize, you know, if you've got an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, you're doing good stuff in that in that time period rather than a six-hour workout where you're talking and, you know, kind of... Yeah, you definitely have to things. figure out how to be proficient. That's yeah. For sure. I just love that message. I hope you guys are picking up on that. Um, number one, there's passion in what he's doing. There's that enjoyment. You know, he admitted hey, it's a little kid sport, you know, mm-hmm. and here he is being a big kid out there still getting to do this for a living. But also it takes the discipline. And uh, he's already talking about not wanting to have regrets. And I think that's huge going after things in life, which is just awesome. So you just finished this uh, past season with Fort Wayne. Yes, How Fort many, Wayne Comets. Yep. Fort Wayne Comets. How many years were you skating with them? Uh, that was my fifth year that I just finished. Wow. Yeah. How fast did those five years go by? Way too fast. I know. Isn't it yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, you know, I think it happens every single year that uh, even during the season, it'll come to playoff time, and I'll just look around and be like, "Where where did the season go?" Like, I know we played seventy two games, but oh my god, it just yeah, it feels sometimes you get there and it feels like you played twenty games, or you've only been there for two months, and then all of a sudden it's you know April May, and you just can't believe how fast it's gone. And it goes by faster and faster every year, which is why. I, really try and keep my focus every day because, you know, it's uh, there's going to be a day, unfortunately, in this profession that, you know, it, it has an age limit. You can't do it for the rest of your life. And um, so I've fortunately got to learn that, you know, as I've got older um, and, you know, just really not trying to take it for granted. That's awesome. There's another good gem. Don't take things for granted, you guys. That's huge. What, what's your favorite part of uh, the season, especially on the road? Do you like going on the road? Yeah, we love going on the road, especially, uh, you know, when you're with, uh, you know, 20 other guys. We're all on the same schedule. You're all on a bus together, on a plane together. Um, you know, maybe not being on a bus is uh, the most enjoyable part, you know, when you have to do some, you know, back in juniors, we had some 10 to 12-hour bus trips. And oh. Then you're playing a game, and then you're turning right back around doing it again. And um, sometimes that's not too fun. But when you get to take some days in a city or you might have a day off or two, uh, you know, sometimes that's the most fun you can have. You know, it's great being at home when you have the time off in your own place and, um, you know, get to do whatever you want. Well, when you're on the road, you know, it's you almost have to improvise a little bit or just be spontaneous and just you find yourself having fun in ways that you wouldn't, you know, normally have fun or didn't know you'd have fun doing. And mm. Just being around all the guys, you know, you, um, for me, you know, I've gained lifelong friends or, I mean, everyone's technically family now. Absolutely. A lot of the people I've played with. So just being around those guys and building those bonds and those friendships has been one of my favorite parts by far. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great to hear. Um, so next year, you have a little change of, of address coming up, don't you? Uh, yeah, a big one. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's, uh, I'll be going to uh, Asker, Norway uh, to play this season. Um, so yeah, this will be my first time uh, playing hockey overseas. Well, I mean, first time playing a full season overseas. I went overseas uh, back 
when I played for the the under eighteen U.S. team, we had a tournament over in Czech Republic and Slovakia. So, mm. um, besides those countries, I haven't been anywhere in Europe yet. Um, you know, for hockey or travel. So this will be a definitely an experience for me. Um, but yeah, it kind of just uh, comes down to you know in sports. Um, you know, there comes a time and an age where um, you're kind of realistic about your chances of making it, you know, to the NHL, the NBA, NFL, um, you know, whatever sport it may be. Um, you know, not to say there's not a chance, sure. um, but um, over in Europe, they can pay, you know, a lot more money than we can over here with the salary caps and, you know, the tax and all that. Um, so a lot of guys end up doing that at the end of their careers or, you know, in their mid-20s, um, wanting to go over there and make more money, and that's really all it comes down to, along with having, a, you know, an experience and being able to travel in places you've never been. No kidding. That's fantastic. So you are definitely excited. This is something that you've been thinking about. Was it was there an agent involved that kind of said, hey, Sean, you know, we've got this opportunity for you that you didn't know about, or... Yeah, no, it's kind of, I kind of knew about it for a, a while now. I, okay. I think everyone kind of hears about it once you get into professional hockey um, because, you know, it's the un, one unfortunate thing about professional hockey is your team changes every single year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're in the NHL, your your team's not going to have the same core group of guys, you know, in minor professional sports. Um, you know, guys, you know, are disappearing on lengths of contract or guys go to Europe or guys retire, guys get traded. Um, so that's unfortunate uh seeing all that stuff happen but you watch a lot of guys go to Europe when you first get into pro hockey and um, so you kind of knew about it and I've been approached by teams for probably the last five years at least Mm. um, you know to go over to Europe Um, so I always knew it was an option um, but I always wanted to play here and you know obviously take my shot at the NHL or getting back there um, I should say but um, uh, yeah it just didn't end up uh, working out for me Um, so I knew about it and you know I've had an agent they obviously you know listen to people who, you know, get in contact with them and, uh, you know, extend offers. So finally, you know, I got one. This team was after me for the last few years and had a lot of interest and uh, just ended up seeing to be the right fit. Fantastic. Yeah. Are, are there other Americans that you're going to be playing with? Is this a league that limits the number of what, mm-hmm. you know, we don't call ourselves foreigners, but yeah. over there we are. Yep. Uh, do they limit the number of overseas players that can be on their team? They actually do, yeah. Most countries uh, over there, they do have an import limit, they call it. Okay. Um, so, you know, they all try and obviously the NHL is the big, uh, you know, the big league everyone wants to play in. So this is, you know, that's why it's called the National Hockey League. Um, but over in those countries, they like to keep it as a development league, you know, usually for their own players and obviously want to promote their own country's players. So um, the team I'm going to, I believe there's seven imports you could have maximum. Okay. So you could have seven people from out of country i think that's even other countries in europe and north america um but i was fortunate enough that a guy i played with for the past few years in fort wayne actually signed on the same team in norway um so it makes it a lot easier and he's you know a really good friend of mine too he's actually from michigan he's from traverse city um so he signed there as well and i think uh that's going to make the transition a lot easier because that's one thing a lot of people do worry about making this transition is okay i'm going to a foreign country don't speak the same language. If I don't know anybody, you know, how am I going to like it? Uh, you know, who am I going to, you know, conversate with? Uh, I'm going to have to learn another language. Is anyone going to speak English? So you're, you're getting a little anxiety thinking about all that stuff. Sure. So now not only to have someone I know, but a good friend who speaks English and all that stuff, I get along with really well. It, it makes it a lot more comforting for me. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how will uh, communication go over there? What's believe, you know, I'm, I'm very ignorant as far as there, is there a national uh, language of Norway yeah. Um, what do they call it? And is it, do they, I found and heard that there's a lot of people in, uh, in Europe, especially, that they learn English, mm-hmm. you know, just, and also their native language too, where we over here in America, 
don't find a need to you know learn these foreign languages yeah. except the two years you got taken high school maybe but yeah. so is it is there is it going to be difficult is it what do they do over there yeah so they do have their national language it is called Norwegian um, gotcha. you know even I didn't know that at first either um, I was kind of curious when I went over there and then you know I, I thought it I think I might have known it was, you know, they had their own language at first, so I wasn't too surprised, but everyone's kept asking me, you know, what, what do they speak over there? And I was like, well, they speak Norwegian, it's Norway, so. Um, <laughs> That's what I was thinking, I yeah, just didn't want to say it. <laughs> exactly, so, um, but yeah, so they do speak Norwegian, and it's been a little difficult, you know, getting uh, press releases or emails and stuff like that, or anything mm. on the team website, it's all Norwegian, and it's, you know, it's, no offense to them, but it's not a pretty looking language. So you're looking gotcha. at yeah, all these yeah. letters in a row and you're like, this is, no, I can't do this. So I've had to translate a lot of things so far. And, uh, you know, I don't speak a lick in Norwegian, obviously. So that would, uh, that'd be something I, I'm probably going to look into at least learning a few things, uh, you know, just to not get caught off guard anywhere. But, um, that is the one thing too, that I learned from hockey. You know, I played with a lot of European guys, uh, you know, a lot of Russian players, a lot mm. of German guys, Swedish guys, all that stuff. And that's one thing they do say is that they get, taught English from an early age, and most are very proficient, fluent in the language, um, you know, may have a heavy accent, but they all know how to speak it, you know, they understand that, you know, if you want to get a big-time job, you know, in their country or having, you know, international business, you need to, you know, English is the, you know, international language or the universal language, I mean, and uh, so they all learn it and know it, and fortunately, I've played with enough Swedish guys who, you know, speak English perfect with no accent and luckily that's right next door to Norway um, so I assume uh, that you know most Norwegians will speak English uh, you know pretty well and should make it actually pretty easy that's cool yeah now you said about um, transportation over there you're gonna have a vehicle mm-hmm. uh, is do you have to get a Norwegian license is, is your Michigan license good over there and are, are you prepared is there a big difference as far as driving rules and stuff uh, yeah actually I'm not too sure about all that yet um you know like this transition's happened really fast for me just because um over in europe their seasons start two months earlier than ours do over here uh, they also end month two months earlier though so this initial transition is you know everything's been so hectic for me because i just got done with the season in fort wayne at the end of may uh, beginning of june so i didn't get home till the middle of june and now i'm already leaving august 5th so i really didn't even have two months to get prepared for all this so um, you know, I've just been taking care of what's necessary uh, at the moment, but you know, I've had to get a working visa and mm. all that stuff over there. You know, the permit of citizenship and uh, you know, all my information had to be sent to the police department over there. Oh my god! Wow. I do have to do that um, initially when I get over there. Is you know, going to the police department and set that stuff up. So I think that may be part of it is you know, getting a, a license there, or okay. something that at least says you ID. Know, yeah. yeah, I'm a, you know, working there in that country. Um, so I'm not too positive about that. And I, luckily, I don't think that, you know, it's on the opposite side of the car and the opposite side of the road <laughs> in Norway. So I was yep. kind of worried about that. I did think that at first. But Absolutely. someone told me I think that's just mainly the U.K. Um, and, you know, Germany, stuff like that, where they, they drive on the, the left side of the road and right side of the car. So gotcha. once I heard that, I was I was pretty relieved because uh, I didn't feel too confident no doing that, oh. remembering that I'm supposed to drive on the left side of the that's, road. That so, is absolutely right. That yeah. would be scary, and it would add to the uh, anxiety, like you said, of, yeah. of it. Um, is there a team liaison person that is helping you make this transition do they have that for the for the foreign players yeah they do they have a guy that you know speaks english and you know um is pretty fluent in that and that really helps everyone transition and uh, i mean they have more than a few people and obviously this is what they do um you know they know they recruit north american players they need someone to be able to relate and know everything that goes into this transition so i've had that type of help and they've made it really easy awesome 
who do you who will you be playing against over there? Is there a league just within the Norway country, or do you travel to different countries and play teams there too? Yeah, it's, that's what's uh, kind of different here, and that's actually one thing I don't uh, thoroughly understand yet. Is um, you know I think every country's got a little different over there, but instead of you know like in North America, we play you know just the teams in our league. You have one league, you have one championship. Um, you know you know you know who you're playing at all times mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's just one championship each year, one goal, so uh, it makes it really easy. Well, over in Europe, they do it more like soccer, to where you could potentially win three to four championships in a year because you have tournaments during the year. Ah. Uh, you could actually play in two different leagues. There's a you know you can play in your country's league, and then they have something that's also called the Champions League, which to where they take the best team from each country and you all play against each other in an inaugural you know season while you have your country season going on. So it's kind of confusing. Um, but as of for my league specifically, um, it's all within Norway, okay. um, which I'm you know I'm pretty excited about because the travel's a lot easier than it's mm-hmm. ever been here. Um, you know, there's actually less games too. I'm used to playing you know seventy to eighty games here. Well, over there, the regular season's only forty eight games. Okay. Um, so fortunately for you know me getting a little older with my injuries and stuff, it's going to be nice for the body and Absolutely. a little bit easier. And uh, I think the longest bus trip we have is three hours, which would oh. be a short one for minor pro over here. So uh, I'm really relieved about that. Yeah, that's cool. So we we watch on TV, uh, especially with um, like soccer in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, football that they call it, and the crazy fans. How, how's the fan base over there for hockey? It's actually phenomenal. Um, wow, hockey's actually good. really big over in Europe and in that area, yeah. Um, you know, the, the arenas may not be as big. You know, some teams have decent-sized ones, you know, 10,000. I think ours is around three to 5,000, but, you know, they sell out every single game. The mm-hmm. fans are, you know, crazy, just like soccer. Um, so there's really there's a lot of passion over there. You know, I've got a lot of people reaching out on social media already, even though they're speaking in Norwegian. I can't <laughs> Hit exactly understand or yeah, reply. But um, you know, there's a lot of support already, which which makes it fun because people are excited. And, you know, they obviously hear about you know North American players and someone they don't know anything about. So you know, they're all looking into you and want to know more. So it, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. That's one thing I really enjoy about hockey is the passion. Yes. And, you know, some of the fans and that's. Why I played in Fort Wayne for the past five years because you know we had the most passionate fans in the in that league for sure by far and you know that city that team's been around forever um, so there's been a big hockey base there and that's uh, those are the type of places you want to play in because if you don't have any fans in the stands and mm-hmm. it's not loud when you score a goal it's uh, it's kind of disheartening a little yeah. bit yeah oh absolutely yeah um, after talking with Matt Hafner a couple times uh, I did watch a couple of your clips mm-hmm. that are out there and let me tell you. I was expecting because I mean we've talked over the phone before, and I kind of remember you from high school a little bit. Mm. But you know you're a lot bigger on the ice. Mm. I mean, but you're a good sized guy though too. Mm. What what are you going to bring to your new team? What what can the fans look for when when you when you show up there? What are you going to bring? Yeah, you know I've uh, I like to consider myself a pretty well rounded hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, fortunately, I've been able to produce points. Um, you know, in Fort Wayne, the past five years, I've had a lot of success that way. I've always, you know, had a knack for the net and you know being able to score goals and put up points. Um, but you know, I also enjoy the physical side uh, mm-hmm. just as much. You know, um, I think one of my favorite hockey quotes, uh, uh, kind of of all time, was uh, a guy you know people around here would know real well. It was Chris Chelios, yeah. um, and you know, I heard him back on a highlight tape one day. He goes, "I'd rather see a highlight of me." clotheslining a guy than scoring a goal so um you know i think that side of the game is pretty fun too um you know i know fighting is a little uh 
sensitive topic to talk about. Sure. But, um, you know, it's always been a part of the sport, and um, it's not necessarily something I enjoy, but it's not something I shy away from. So, um, you know, I think it's I think it's just you know every part of the sport I I really do enjoy, and I think that's uh, what people could uh, look forward to seeing for me is you know producing a few goals and then also you know defending my teammates and myself when I have to. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good to hear. Um, you know, when I watch those clips, I notice how fast you were, number one. Um, but I think you're being a little modest. Didn't you, what uh, award have you won recently? Or has there been a couple? Uh, I was, yeah, I was fortunately, uh, you know, voted uh, MVP of the league this year. So, go. yeah, that was, uh, that was a nice little, uh, you know, accolade for myself. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I like to be, uh, you know, I'm not one to brag. I, I don't, I hear you, you know, I don't uh, favor cocky personalities or anything like that. So, um, you know, I was really fortunate. It definitely, it was, it was nice to, to get, but, um, you know, I, I've been saying it all year. I would train in every point I scored this year if we would have won a championship. So that was what I was always motivated to do. And I also heard about that. Yeah. So uh, we're wrapping things up here with Sean, just a, a couple more items. Um, it was a tough finish for you this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, we lost in probably the toughest fashion uh, possible. Um, you know, we made it to the third uh, round of the playoffs, and we ended up losing in Game 7 in overtime. So it was uh, literally whoever scored the last goal wins a game. And, um, you know, it was really tough for us um, just because the, the team we had this year was probably the best team I've ever played on, and not only on the ice but off the ice. Mm. The, the group of guys we had this year, was it was a family the whole year, and just everyone wanted to win for each other. Um, there weren't too many guys on our team that you know were successful at every level that won championships. There are a lot of guys who never won one, including myself. Um, so I think that's the culture we created in that locker room was just everyone wanted to win that and celebrate it together because we knew what we put into it. And just to lose you know one goal away from going to the finals was just kind of heartbreaking for us. Is that uh, stroke the fuel a little bit, stroke the fire a little bit for you to uh, try and make that happen again? And also, the second part would be how difficult was it to leave? Because was there the mindset of, man, we can get back there, guys. We can do this. Yeah, no, it's definitely motivating. Um, mm. You realize, I think, uh, after the last few years of getting closer and closer like we did, you realize how hard it is each mm. year to get back there. And you, you can't take time off. And it's, you know, we always preach that is at the beginning of the year when, you know, you know how far it is until playoffs. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, we can lose a game here or there. This one doesn't really matter. It's a, you, you can't think that way because you get to the end of the season, you could be, you know, two, four points out of first place. And those couple games you didn't care about at the beginning of the year would have been the ones that put you in first place and, you know, have a better matchup in playoffs. So that was always something, uh, you know, we kept in mind too. And then, yeah, like you said, leaving after this year was just, just really tough actually, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I told myself if we win a championship, I go, I'll go over to Europe, you know, nothing to think about, you know, clean slate, you know, I, there's no regrets and now it's kind of you know we got that close and I wanted to win one there but you know we had more than a few guys go to Europe before I decided to too and I just saw you know everyone was moving on a little bit and you know had to you know make a decision whether for their family or you know for themselves and after that I was you know I knew the team wasn't going to be the same and just you know sometimes the championship is what you want but the, the relationship and the fun you have in the process mm. is really all that matters, and that's what you're going to take with you. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, this year was the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, there's so many tidbits right there, you guys, about having fun and relationships. If you remember anything that um, Jeff Lipp and I talk about on, on our shows, relationships, that's what life's all about. Mm-hmm. And he'll always have those relationships, right? And now he's going to go make some new ones, and I bet you you're going to make some great relationships over where you're going. Yeah. I, I can see that happening for sure. Um, 
Any differences? I, this just came to my mind. Any differences in food over there? Like, is there is there a big issue with food? Or I have you no idea. You don't know that. I honestly have no idea. Like, do they have McDonald's? Do they have? I'm American sure they do. Yeah, I think they have the the major fast food chains okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, so but uh, you know, I'm sure the grocery store will be a little different. And you know, obviously the prices it's going to be in euros, yep. and not in U.S. dollars. And trying to, you know, I'm be doing a lot of translating this year, so it's going to be it'll be fun for me. It'll be learning. Like I said, it's a new experience, and that's what uh, really what I'm looking forward to is I'm getting out of my comfort zone and mm. really doing something that I'm, I'm not used to, and that's actually nice. motivating as well. Oh God, another point there, you guys getting out of your comfort zone. I love that. Mm-hmm. How how are you as a cook? Do you like uh, cooking? I'm actually pretty good. Yeah, Ooh, um, yes. yeah. I'll, I'll brag about that one a little yes. bit just because. Um, you know, I've actually lived uh, lived in my own apartment for the past five, six years. So, okay. um, you know, I like eating good food. Um, I'm not the type of guy that just likes throwing something in the microwave and having mm. it done for me. Um, and I think I think that's obviously just being an athlete too. You're preached to you know have the right diet and um, eat the right things, and you have to learn to cook uh, to be able to do that. Because you know, if you're eating microwave meals, it's a lot of processed food, and yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there that you shouldn't be eating. Uh, you know, to stay healthy. So. I've actually uh, I've got to learn quite a bit. Um, you know, my family's actually helped me out a lot. Uh, that was one of my Christmas gifts a few years ago. My all my family members took their favorite recipe and put it in a cookbook for me, oh, and wow. all that stuff too. So I've had a lot of help, and I like trying new things. And you know, you're obviously going to screw some stuff up and yeah. make terrible tasting food sometimes. <laughs> but then after you know repetition, you learn how to do it, and finally I've uh, gotten a lot of stuff down right. What's uh, what's your go-to meal if you're trying to make something special uh, for your girlfriend, whether it's Valentine's Day, an anniversary, or b- her birthday, something special that she really likes? What's what's the go-to uh, meal? Yeah, that'd be uh, you know I always uh, it depends. It's uh, you know if it's it's winter, you know you're not usually using the grill too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love grilling. I think that it's really easy once you get yeah. to learn how to do it. And uh, but you just I think most people prefer the taste of grilled food. So I think uh, you know anytime I could do steaks on the grill or something like that, I love doing that. Um, or else, uh, you know, I've learned how to do ribs in uh, mm. either the slow cooker or in the oven, too. So I've gotten pretty good at those. So I think the, the ribs would probably be my go-to to impress. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Off-season, what do you like doing for fun? Um, fortunately, I was able to buy a boat a few years back. So, um, yeah, that's probably my guilty pleasure now is, um, you know, anytime I can get out on the boat on a nice day, it's... Uh, that's definitely my my top choice. Um, there's nothing nothing that beats being on the water. I don't know what it is, but you just feel at peace out there, and um, it's always really relaxing. Or get to go out with friends and go tubing or jet skiing or doing any stuff like that. It's always fun. And uh, you know, the other thing I think I like golfing a lot too is um, something you know I think a lot of hockey players are into. So uh, those would probably just be my my top two. And then you know, just hanging out with friends and uh, like I said, being a kid. Very cool, yeah. man. There's not many of us that get to be a kid as far as our jobs go, and, and Sean's able to do that, which I love. This is fantastic. I hope we can keep in touch. And then uh, uh, it just came to me also about you're going to be over in Europe uh, when the Ryder Cup comes around. Oh, yeah. They're playing in France. Yep. Love the Ryder Cup. It's probably my favorite sporting event ever to, yep. to watch. And I've got um, to go to a practice round up at Open Hills in 2004 oh, yeah. before they dismantled our team yeah, right. uh, in that mm-hmm. one. But uh, that's going to be different for you. Is that is that something you're going to watch and probably take part in as far as there's going to be some bantering going on I would imagine absolutely I mean if there's any chance for me to get to a Ryder Cup I would be there in a heartbeat so um, I think that's something too is we get a sometimes we get a week or two off while we're over there during the season so I'm I'll cross my fingers right now and hope it's that week and I'll uh, he's going to check the calendar I'll find myself a flight down to France real fast that's awesome very good well Sean thank you so much for stopping by and uh, we look forward to getting this out there, and uh, I hope we can have another conversation. It can be by phone mm-hmm. uh, or when you come back uh, next year. I hope we have a couple conversations before that. But I'm really proud of you. 
you're doing Lakeshore Proud, uh, your friends, your family, all of, of St. Clair Shores, Michigan, uh, they we're rooting for you. And I definitely know that we're going to be keeping tabs and just want to wish you the best of luck. Well, I definitely appreciate that. And thank you for having me. And absolutely, we'll stay in touch. Awesome. And I, uh, yeah, we'll get back to one of these again sometime soon. Awesome. Love the lessons that he brought. I hope you guys picked up on them there and uh, just hear the pure joy and passion in his voice. So, hey, Coach Daly signing off here. Again, find me on Facebook over at Coach Daly. Uh, I'm sorry, Coach to Expect Success is on Facebook and on Twitter at Coach to Success and on um, Instagram there at Coach John Daly. And uh, if uh, Sean wants to give me some of his contact information, I'll put that in the show notes where if he wants you to get in touch with him on uh, social media or something like that, is that something you'd be willing to share? Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, good. All right, folks, keep taking care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk again soon. See you.